Hi, my name's Wayne Rigney from the Retail Score, and welcome to the Retail Scoreboard, a monthly podcast series where we profile and share data relating to the Australian retail industry. The data we are showcasing today is an amalgamation and aggregation of data from over 100 retail brands in Australia, obviously all anonymised, but it is built from the bottom up. And a lot of the metrics we focus on are really critical measures for the retail industry as a whole. And uh, because it's all built up from transactional level data, we can go into quite a level of detail around that. So let's get it going. So January, January came coming off the back of what was a pretty soft Christmas and a, a very soft December, numbers that were backed up by the ABS. So what's happened in January? Um, unfortunately, the trend has continued. We came off a pretty soft um, December with Life for Like sales down at 3.7%. This month, down 5.4% on a Like for Like basis across all channels. Um, and it was disappointing that the fact that that, that Life for Like sales growth number actually was worse than what we'd experienced in November and December where we actually saw an improvement in the like-for-like like, um, sales numbers. Uh, unfortunately, January wasn't the case. Um, now, is it as bad as what we saw in the middle of last year? No, it's not as bad, um, but it's still a, a disappointing number. So we'll delve into a little bit about what happened there and why it happened. Um, what I will say is this. Um, the week, the first week of January in particular was a very soft week. That was down almost 12% on a like-for-like like basis. Since then... There has actually been an improvement, and actually last week, believe it or not, was was actually almost comparable with last year on a like-for-like basis. So is that a sign of improvement? We'll wait and see. I suspect that what we're actually looking at is that we're now starting to comp against what was an already slightly distressed retail environment last year. Remember, we're looking at like-for-like year-on-year comparisons, and so... October, November, December was was comping against a, a, a 2022 that had post-COVID stimulus money frothing about. Um, had we seen some modest increases in interest rates, but they really hadn't hit in people's back pockets in terms of mortgages, etc. And you will recall that in 2023, all the talk was about the mortgage cliff, what was coming in terms of cost of living pressures. And they were really going to start from about February onwards. So, I think what we're hopefully coming through to now is a, a is a comp or like for like comparison that will be more reflective of um, the new norm post COVID. Let me spin that another way. Twenty twenty two was a stellar year that won't be repeated again, perhaps in a generation. And retail industry needs to accept that. It's hard to comp against such a stellar year. Um, and those retailers that expected the good times to keep rolling on in an environment where we've had, whatever it is, 25 consecutive um, rate increases, is um, was probably kidding themselves. And so, you know, we've I think we've all um, can take a deep breath, reset to a new norm, and hopefully we'll start to see those like-for-like um, changes increasing. Um, over time. So let's have a look at the actual scoreboard, what drove the, the sales down. Okay, so we had a 5.4 drop in sales uh, dollars. We actually had a over 7% drop in sales units or volume. And that tells us something quite specific here. The, the average transaction value actually held up versus last year. So 
when customers went out and shopped, what they spent their the, the size of the basket was comparable with last year. In fact, it was slightly up by um, 0.3%. What was significantly down was actually the number of transactions. So the number of people shopping and then the volume, the units within the basket was slightly down as well. And so, you know, it was really fewer people getting out there and shopping that really has driven that decline versus last year. We also saw some big drop in um, GP um, dollars. Uh, GP percent itself was down 1.1% percentage points. So again, that is a trend that continues. It's narrowed the gap since last year, um, but still 1.1% drop in GP is a big thing. And that, of course, has been driven by discounting, which again remains stubbornly high. Retailers are you know, having to play the game to get the get the sale, and that game is discounting. We saw in December that retailers were popping up discounts above 30% in, in say, the fashion and apparel space. We've seen that continue. So uh, average discount percent that's 3.3 um, points higher than 2023 uh, in January, um, again, reflects the fact that there is a a, a continuing need to discount to drive that, those volumes and those baskets. In terms of channels, um, the story that we told in December has carried through to January. And the headline really is that outlet as a channel is performing comparatively very well compared to other channels. Um, the department store concessions remain the, the, the poorest performing channel. Standalone tracking stores down 6%. Outlet tracking pretty well at 2.2 and online pretty resilient, only down 2.6%, um, which given the rest of the market um, and the other channels um, suggests that online remains a pretty strong channel. Uh, it's probably no surprising that that outlet um, trend is there and, you know, talking with customers, the traffic counts um, through those channels um, remain very bullish um, and very high relative to other other sources. So I guess that's a reflection of that that cost of living pressure that exists today and will continue to, to, to carry forward. I suspect that um, until we see, you know, interest rate declines, and I think that the economists are predicting and the banks are predicting middle of the year, that this trend will continue, that it's going to be hard um, and you're going to have to fight hard to secure those dollars um, from the shopper. I will say this, I think the comp numbers that we'll start showing, though, will be improving as we we head through the year because we'll be comping against a new post-COVID norm. So we'll pause there on the scoreboard for now. We'll come back to that, obviously, next month. But I wanted to drill in and do a deep dive around the issue of inflation. Cost of living is the, the topic of the moment. And cost of living pressures are there because interest rates are high. Interest rates have gone up because inflation's running hot. And inflation is high because producers of products have had to put their prices up. Now, how has this played out in the discretionary retail um, sector? The reality is, is that through 2021, 2022 and into 2023, the cost of finished goods coming predominantly from offshore in, in most instances, because we don't really have a manufacturing base here in Australia, though the cost of those goods was increasing. It initially increased because of the cost of freight, almost quadrupling during you know the, the, the COVID period. That then 
translated to further increases of, of raw material inputs, which go into the making of the, the products that we consume, the, whether that's a, the shirt or the sofa or the electronic good, all of those, all of those um, raw in, uh, materials and inputs increased. And that resulted in increased um, factory gate prices coming out of the major manufacturing places of the world, none more so than China. So discretionary retailers had a choice as to how to react to those cost increases. They could either choose to pass those cost increases onto the consumer in the form of a, a price increase, or they could choose to absorb some of those cost increases by lowering their margin. So when we look to try and understand how retailers are reacting to the changes in factory gate pricing, we're going to look at two key metrics here. The first one is a metric we call the initial margin. So what was the margin of the product before we, we applied any discount to it? What was the buying margin of that product? And the second one we look at is the original sell price. So what, was, what would the sell price have been if there wasn't a discount applied to that product? So what did we see? The first chart you can see on this slide here shows um, the trended average of the original sell price in the bar and the line is the initial margin. And that's over, you know, six, um, 10 quarters of data. So from Q4 2021 through to Q4 2023. And what we've seen is a steady, although not dramatic increase in price and a consistent, though not dramatic erosion of initial margin. If we look at it into totality over the time period, initial, initial margin has declined across all retailers that we track by about half a point. Okay, so... And the average sell price has risen by only an average of 2%, which is actually quite well below CPI, the government measure. So one assumes, therefore, that retailers have made the decision in some instances to hold the sell price and try and absorb a little bit of margin hit in order to maintain a price point. Anyone who works in retail knows that price points are important. Consumers will react differently to a $99 product than they would to a $119 product. And 109 is not really a price point. So if you're sitting there at $99 and you've got a, and you've got a, a, a price increase out of factory gate, do you bump that to 109 or 119 or do you hold it at 99 and take a little bit of hit on the initial margin? I think retailers over the course of the last 12 to 18 months have had hundreds or thousands of conversations around those points. And some retailers will have taken a view that said, look, what we might also do in order to hold that $99 price point is do some changes in fabrication. Okay, We might downgrade the quality of the fabric used. We may reduce some of the quality of the packaging. We may, you know, change the, 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 the grade of the, we might change factory completely and opt for a different grade. Or indeed, we may decide to package up and introduce new products at different price points to appeal to a customer who's operating in a more price sensitive environment. So see, average sell price across the categories only up two points. If we break that down further into say ready to wear fashion and accessories, versus home and leisure, we see quite a different story. The ready-to-wear fashion retailers have taken a much more significant hit on the initial margin, more than a point, more than one point. 
And that's really interesting when we go back to the previous slide and talk about our GP down by a percentage point. It's not just the discounts. We see GP down one and a half, two points. It's not just the discount. It's actually the initial margin as well. There's been a hit on the initial margin. And that is filtering through to that final GP number. And I suspect that's because in fashion, they're running tighter price points, that $99 threshold, that $49.99 threshold, that two for 200 offer on the, on the jeans needs to be preserved. And it's harder for the retailer to move away and break that, um, break that agreement with the consumer. So they're willing to take a little bit of hit on the margin. And at the same time, we have not seen such a big increase in the average sell price. So there's a relationship between those two. On the home and leisure side of things, where they run off leaner margins, the margins aren't as high, they're, they're, less, they're less willing to, to take a margin hit. We've seen margin actually, um, in some instances, it actually fell, and in, and in some instances, it's come back. Um, I think what that is a reflection of is the fact that during... You know, home and leisure is often bulkier goods. During those um, those post-COVID years where freight costs got very, very high, the retailers had to suck it up. They, could, they couldn't pass all of that extra freight onto the consumer. Post um, where the price of a container has come down from 15 grand back down to two or 3,000 a container, they're able to re restore some of their initial margin. And they've been willing to take the price, push the price increase through as well. So... Home and leisure, having a bit better time of it on a, in an inflationary environment than ready-to-wear fashion. And I think as we move forward into 2024, there is another big variable that's at play, and that's the exchange rate. There's been some big gyrations in exchange rate over the last six months. There are, big different, there are many factors driving that. Um, from the performance of the Chinese economy, which really does have a significant impact on on the Australian um, uh, economy and the Australian dollar, uh, particularly the purchasing of raw materials. But on the flip side as well, it's also the US and the differential between the Australian and US interest rates. Now, the US went faster and higher on their interest rate moves than the Australian RBA did. Um, and as a result, that has caused you know, the, the US dollar to be more attractive relative to the Australian dollar. And so, you know, what was maybe a 75, 74 um, exchange rate um, back in 2022-23 is now a 65 exchange rate today. There's going to be some inf interesting and tough choices that the retail sector have to make here because unless you manage to lock in to 12 months out at, at, at 74, 75s on your hedge, Retailers are looking at a, a, an environment where they're buying at a currency that's, you know, a good 15% down on, on, you know, prior year's purchasing. How will that fl flow through to initial margin? Is going to be an average sell price is going to be a really interesting conundrum for the retail sector. How willing are consumers going to be to pay more and how much more margin hit can the retailers take uh, in that battle for the consumer and the battle to maintain price points. I think the smart retailers will be looking at things like fabrication, will be looking at the role of different categories and how those categories serve consumers. They will be looking at decisions around, okay, is there, are we better to move to move some of our buy into more mid-price or accessible price points within our category mix? 
I think that whole play of good, better, best within a category really should be coming into focus over the next um, few buying cycles because the fact of the matter is we have sustained, it's like we're going to have sustained high interest rates through the bulk of this year. Customers, the cost of living pressure is not going to ease. And even when you hear the headline news that CPI was a very soft, I think 0.8% in December to give us a headline rate of 4.1%, that is comparing to an interest rate that was 5 or 6% last December. So the cost of living increases are now being compounded over multiple years. CPI of 4 on a CPI of 6 back in 2022, uh, 2023, makes a, a, a significant jump for the consumer. So how will it play out? I, I think um, that'll come down to each individual retailer and who their customer is. And I think for those retailers serving middle Australia, middle, not just middle from an income bracket perspective, but middle in terms of the age, so that, you know, 25 to 45, 50 bracket of consumer who are really going to be feeling the squeeze on these on these interest rates, these sustained high interest rates, those are the retailers that will really have to think long and hard about how they deal with the currency pressure and the maintenance of price points in an environment where there's inflation and a lot of cost of living pressure. Interesting stuff. Um, I hope that was useful for you. Uh, we'll be back early next month with an update on how things have progressed. Let's hope the autumn season starts with a bang. We'll speak soon.